Well, hello again. This is Ray Morales with The Blind Spot. And today, my guest is Tim Hornick. And uh, I just interviewed him a couple weeks ago. And we're going to do another one today. So, Tim, how are you doing? Fantastic, Ray. And thank you for having me back on The Blind Spot. And looking forward to our conversation for today. Yeah, I am too. Um, just going to be two guys talking about being blind, I guess. No better way of doing it because, hey, there's a lot of good stuff that you could uh, scrape off when it comes down to looking at uh, blindness, both as an individual with it or for all those folks that's wondering what life is like with blind. No better way of doing it than just listening to you friendly bantering about life and experiences. from Exactly. Multiple yeah, sides. exactly. Um, so what have you been up to today? Ah, me, not a whole lot, just a uh, lot of stuff with work, a lot of stuff with uh, meetings over uh, with the Blind Veterans Association, where a lot of touch points with, uh, with the Department of Veterans Affairs and then our members, um, and just some fun, fun daily tasks. Uh, yourself? I've just been sitting around waiting to do this podcast all morning. <laughs> <laughs> I was really looking forward to it today. Man, uh, I appreciate that. I, I interviewed uh, Paul Mims the other day, and he was fun. He was a good interview. Paul is. Paul has some great stories, some great experiences, and just the uh, you know forty years that he's been uh, dealing within this world. It's absolutely amazing. I love his stories and what he's able to do and what he uh, what he represents. Right. Well, he was telling me a little about a little bit about the BVA and what to expect. Um, so. That gave me a, a good insight of what uh, what's coming up lately, or coming up in my future. Yeah, it, and I will I will do one takeaway from Paul's story that um, you know it's one that I know about him. I've known Paul for years, and it's a good one just for all of us to think about. Is uh, when we start talking about when we go blind, trying to figure out how we get into the mindset, how we change that mindset. What's those uh, services and other programs that we enter because. It's one thing that when you're sighted and you're coming into blindness, especially later in life, you know, we don't know those systems, those resources. I always love Paul's story of when um, he first uh, started to lose the sight big time in the 80s and how, you know, it's, it's you can't exactly turn to the yellow pages because there's really not a whole lot in the yellow pages that says, hey, you know, blindness organization here, especially there's no way of reading about blindness organizations when you're blind and everything exactly, is yeah. Print. So, uh, you know, how, how did you come across, how did you come into some of the uh, services that uh, you encountered? Because from what I recall with our last conversation, you, know, you had, like myself and Paul, a couple of years of exploring the world without services to empower us. Right. I had, um, I had about... Um, five years before I got to go to any type of rehabilitation center. And um, so I was trying to learn it all on my own. I mean, I had uh, the VA in my back pocket, but I didn't have any resources through them uh, that I knew about. And nobody there at the VA even told me, hey, you know, we can appoint you a VIS coordinator. Um, we can also send you to Heinz, which is a blind rehabilitation center. But that never happened. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was it was difficult trying to do it on my own. And how about you? How did you uh, come involved? So slightly different, but very similar, where after I went blind, I did have a uh, VA blind rehab case manager reach out to me saying, hey, come on over for blind rehab. Uh, but 
as a young 25 year old, that was not on my trajectory. That's not uh, on the radar of things I wanted to do because I did not want to accept that I was blind. Yeah, you were um, still in denial. Exactly. And that and it's, it's kind of different situation, but how similar those trajectories are where even if you know other services, if you're not ready for it, it's not going to be beneficial to plug in and um that's when i started wandering for you know five years to be a sighted blind guy because it's like you know no one wants to go blind no no one wants no. to lose this sense and not at all lose it man it's hard it's hard so and that um, was the last thing i ever thought i'd have to deal with in my life yeah. um, and it, it's it's such a game changer it really is it is because uh, let's look at one of the key things of going blind is what mentors do we have or who do we know that we can draw upon as our role models? And it's more importantly to know the person than know of a person. Right. And I don't know about you, but I know no one that was blind when I went blind. I, I, I didn't was either. it. <laughs> so, who, who do we turn to? Where can we go to? How, how do we how do we change? How do we do that? The only people I knew that were blind was Ray Charles, uh, Ronnie Millsap, and Stevie yeah. Wonder. Yeah, and and I didn't have their phone numbers. I couldn't call them. So. <laughs> exactly, and it's it's one where it's like you, you start looking at what they're doing, and it's like, how do you compare yourselves to international superstars? Uh, when they're barely able to use the microwave to make ramen. <laughs> and it's like, man, they're doing all this great stuff. And it's like, I can't even warm up water. Right. Um, I mean, you know, and the flip side of that is don't try to teach me how to warm up water because, man, I know how to warm up water. I just can't see to do it. So. Exactly. Can't see to push the buttons on the microwave. But it's. Uh, but like you're saying, like uh, with my case, like you brought up where it's like it's going through that denial and depression where it's like it's hard to reach out. It's hard to engage because not not just because life is hard. It's just that point in your life where you shrink into the shell and you could throw services at, at you all you want. But if it's like you're not ready for it, then they're just going to bounce off you. Yeah. Right. And and we were so similar in the fact that we had some vision, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, I think it was more more dangerous for us to yeah. have that little bit of vision than to be totally blind. Yeah. Yeah. Because then then you're absolutely uh, helpless with not knowing the skills that you and I have developed since then. Thanks to going through rehab, thanks through all the experience we have to develop those skills. Um, right. Because, yeah, yeah, it's it's having enough sight to be dangerous, but being very dangerous to yourself because you're trying to fake it till you make it. And sorry, sometimes you're just not going to make it. Right. I just had to go ahead and um, uh, put the put the uh, ego aside and say, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to jump in and learn as much as I can uh, yeah. to help me. So that's what I did. Finally. Yeah. And, so, and the reason I didn't go to blind rehab earlier in since I when I became blind was because I was on dialysis 
Yeah. And in Heinz, they did not have a, uh, you couldn't go up there if you were on dialysis. Yeah. So I had to wait until I had my kidney transplant in order to go to Heinz. But again, I didn't know about it for the first couple of years. Yep. And then once I knew about it, I couldn't go. Yeah. Oh, trust me. Trust me, trust me, trust me. I, I, uh, I, I understand that one, having worked within the blind rehab centers as mm -hmm. the admissions coordinator. Um, and that's always one of the hardest calls to make is saying, uh, we can't bring you in uh, right now. We can't bring you in yet because of X, Y, and Z. That, that, that's a hard call to make. And I, your end where you're the one to receive in that call, it's like, wow, it's, that's a hard one. It is. I'm, one. I'm sure it really weighs on your, as a on it, person on staff there, it weighs on you heavy because you know this person really could benefit from it but yet you yeah. can't get them in yet because of other reasons yeah. out of your it's, control. It is, it is. But, uh, you know, so when you finally went and made it over to, uh, to Heinz, what was some of your favorite takeaways? What were some of your uh, aha moments? Oh, well, um, my first aha moment was um, getting to do things, you know, that I didn't think I could do, um, like working with my hands, you know. Um, they had us... Uh, doing sculptures. They had us doing um, a belt. We made a belt, a leather belt, which is really nice. I'm, I still have mine hanging up. I use it every now and then. <laughs> You're laughing. Was that one of the things you did too? Oh, there, there's a good story with the belt, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you finish first. <laughs> okay. So then, uh, yeah, the, that and then uh, the woodworking, I enjoyed that. And um, I also made a, um, a logo out of leather for the blind spot. And um, so I still have that in the drawer in, in my bedroom. And then uh, there was, I mean, there's so much stuff I, I enjoyed doing. Um, and that, did I tell you, that's how the blind spot was born. When I got my iPad and my cell phone, yeah. um, I thought, you know what? I can use these to start a podcast. I used yeah. to listen to podcasts all the time. And so that's what I did. I started the, the Blind Spot podcast while I was at Heinz. And I started interviewing all the veterans that were there. That's awesome. I, and, and I love I, I love hearing that. And I love hearing those successes because that's the awesome part of going through uh, rehab. And um, so uh, the, the chuckle about the, the link belt is, uh -huh. have you had a chance to look at the history of the link belt within Blind Rehab? No. Uh, so it, there's an amazing, amazing history there that um, uh, one book in particular talks about it uh, more than the other. It's the uh, Journey to Excellence that came out in the, uh, I think it was the late 90s, early 2000s, about the development of the VA's blind rehab. It was written by a, a veteran with support from the staff at Heinz. And it talked about the development of Heinz as a rehab center. And that link belt history goes back decades as being both a uh, a um, teaching tool of both the uh, fun that blindness can be because you're achieving making the belt, but it's also one of the hardest things people do because it's one of the first things that they have done for decades of saying, hey, we're going to bring you into manual skills and we're going to create this belt and having to 
weave the uh, weave the the loops in and plug in uh, each of those uh, loops into each other, and then ultimately uh, tie it all off with the uh, with those little screws. It's uh, it, it can be frustrating, but once you're done with it, it's it, it's 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 fun and like you, it's like I, I got mine. I, I turned mine into a guitar strap uh-huh. uh, versus use, using it for a belt because. Uh, it's a little bit too big for me to use as a belt, uh, which is a good thing. But um, <laughs> uh, it makes a great guitar strap. I'll, I will say that much. <laughs> well, I also made a guitar strap while I was there. Awesome. Yeah, it was it was pretty nice. Oh, and I made a uh, cane holder or cane holster. Mm -hmm. And um, one more thing I made. Yeah. He's in leather. Um, what was it? Oh, a cell phone holder. Cool. Yeah. So I mean I enjoyed the leather work. It was it was fun just to use my fingers and hands yep. and get my brain working again. That's what I had to do. Yeah. Because of my stroke, yeah. my brain didn't work as good as it used to. Yeah. Yeah. No. No, and that's that's the fun part of it. And uh for me, it's just like my aha moments was really being around others because yeah, I didn't know really anyone else that was blind. Um and I was able to hear from others and you would think that being a young kid um, that, you know, I would not want to hear from uh, other folks about their life experiences. But at that point, it's like I was feeding off those other experiences to just learn what it is I need to do for myself. So hearing the folks that have been through Heinz multiple times, I'm um, hearing some of the other first time folks. It really helped me be able to redefine who I was and understand that, hey, there's nothing wrong with being blind. It's more about what can you do now that is based on what do you want to do and what do you want to put the effort into doing? Because uh, you can do anything. It's just it's going to take more time. It's going to take probably a few more hurdles to jump over. Uh, but if you just have the desire to do it you can um and really those were my main aha moments um because it you got to hear it you got to see it you got to feel it right and um i only had one instructor up there that was visually impaired um and he was the guy that um, talked about lighting yeah and i can't remember his name but anyway he but I heard other people that had been there multiple times. They said that there were a lot of blind instructors at the time they went. <laughs> and that really inspired them, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that was that was with me. I had one instructor that was blind. Um, unfortunately, he uh, ended up uh, passing due to uh, a, um, a very rapidly spreading cancer that's related to his military service in the Gulf War. Oh. Um, but yeah, he was a fantastic, um, he was a fantastic instructor that really just took me underneath his wing. And I was like, Hey, I, I was in your spot, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Um, and yeah, really was a good mentor. So yeah, yeah, he was, uh, it was a shame. It was, it was a, it was a shame when not with how quickly he went and everything. Right. So. Well, how did you get involved with the BVA? So that's a that's a fun situation. Is uh, 
I received a call out of the blue from the BVA because they heard about my story. I don't know how, uh, because I never really spent time at Walter Reed. Uh -huh. uh, and I had no interactions or engagements with some of the things that the BVA was doing uh, in the 2000s. And so it was uh, 2010 when they gave me a call and uh, said, hey, why don't you come over to our national convention in Vegas? Uh, at which point I just had my uh, newborn daughter, my wife, uh, had uh, my uh, major decisions to make related to the military. And so it was one of those good timings uh, for it to occur. And it's also one of the reasons why I've given uh, so much of uh, the last 12 years to the BVA uh, because of that initial talk, because of hearing about them, learning about them. Uh, my, main, my main point of contact that called me up was Tom Zampiri, who used to be the director of government relations before he became a uh, retired, became part of the board of directors and our former national president. Um, and many other opportunities him and I have worked on uh, over the years. Uh, but it's really just one of those complete calls out of the blue that it, it really did change my life for the better because... Blind Rehab got me going in that direction and then getting over to the BVA convention to learn about others uh, who are blind is how I met Paul Mims. And ever since then, Paul Mims has been uh, really good friends. Uh, it's the positive, uh, they provide that positive force for me to really see it and really start changing. And then uh, very, very quickly, I myself uh went through the bva chains where uh started to start off by uh being in charge of my regional group in kansas uh, until paul and i merged and started to create the heartland regional group that covers you know kansas missouri iowa nebraska um and eventually i became part of the board of directors uh before i started to work for the va and eventually went from the va to working for the bva because it's just one where it's like, I, I want to keep trying to give to blinded veterans and the BVA is one of the best ways to give to the, to the blind veterans, making sure that they have a future for themselves, just like they created my future. I spend each day with the BVA trying to create those opportunities and those futures for other people so that they can engage with the BVA and have a place to call their own and have a network of peers that they could learn from as well as experiences that allows them to advance what it is that they're trying to do and as they regain their uh, identities and forge new pathways in life so, cool well I, i've only been a member of the bva since uh, i think april gotcha and i really enjoyed i wanted to get involved with them and uh, again i wanted to give back because uh, i got so much from the va I just, I wanted to give back to the veterans that are out there that don't know about the BVA. And if you're listening and you hear us keep saying BVA, it stands for Blinded Veterans Association. And um, so I'm a lifetime member and I, uh, I encourage everyone out there who is um, legally blind or blind to join. 
or or low vision. We uh, basically our eligibility criteria is any veteran that receives services from blind rehab is able to become a member. And you know, we have one of those historic legacies where we've been around since 1945. We uh, helped stand up and advocated for the development of the Heinz Blind Rehab Center uh, that you know finally got its feet up and going in 1948. Um, we became chartered by Congress to be the veteran service organization to represent severely visually impaired veterans. And that's what our charter from Congress has ha tasked us to work with. And over the years, we've done you know many things with ensuring that veterans, regardless of how you lost your sight, is able to receive all of the services from the VA blind rehab services and the VA in general. Uh, we were a major piece in how we have this coordinators, our visual impairment services team coordinators in the first place that developed in the uh, 60s and 70s and finally took off in the 80s. Um, we played significant roles in advocating and getting the uh, establishment of the 13 blind rehab centers. Because uh, before it just went from Heinz and then there was, you know, just a couple for the longest period of time. And then over the last 20 years, we tried to expand that. So, yeah, we got 13 now in all the Visor and Victor programs. Um, and then just all the other things. So within the VA, there's a uh, priority group called Catastrophic Disabled. It's priority group four. And this is a priority group for veterans where you don't have any co-pays or anything like that that you have to worry about. Um, if you're legally blind, it's the qualification factor. So we played a uh, major piece in getting that to be um, adopted by the VA. Well, uh, thank you and, for that. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. I, I, I will say, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good case in point. Um, that, yeah. Yeah, that, that caused it. And uh, I've, I've worked with many veterans that they do not qualify or they're eligible for the VA, but since they lack a service connection, you know, they don't qualify. And because they're legally blind, we're able to get them to then qualify and become eligible for all VA services or VA healthcare services. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of other things. So transportation uh, is one of our main things, make sure veterans can uh, access their uh, their appointments or receive travel reimbursements, uh, housing grants. Um, more recently, we're doing a lot of work with the VA to ensure accessibility of its websites and mobiles apps. So if you haven't checked out VA.gov, it's come a long way. Over the last uh, 10 years since I've been using that website, uh, definitely more so over the last like three years, it's made a huge, huge uh, change in how accessible it is for us that use screen reader, screen magnifiers, and same thing with the new app, uh, the VA Health and Benefits app. Um, I work with the uh, parts of the development team to make sure that we can use it. And you know, talk about having all of our VA uh, information and services at our fingertips. That's a fantastic app to use. So, um, and a whole lot more. We're working on many other things. So it's a lot more things coming down the pipeline. So. Um, Ray, when you when you said you joined in April, you came in at a very good time uh, yeah. because there's a lot of things that we have that's going to be coming up here in the near future that's really changing this organization from when I joined as far as what's available and opportunities for members and uh, people interested in the program to um, 
where we're driving it. And we're going to see some major changes and some major awesome opportunities uh, over the next uh, couple of months. Uh, that quick is how what we're looking at for getting some of the new programs up and going that we'll be announcing during our national convention in, uh, in August. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing all the new things that are coming out. Appreciate and, it. And, and also to see the new um, new equipment that's coming out. Yeah, we we have, we have some cool uh, cool folks. Uh, uh, so uh, within the BPA, uh, I've hosted our VetTech series. That is our Wednesday uh, presentations uh, with our assistive technology uh, uh, folks. And so I'll, I'll just say that starting in uh, later part of July, beginning of August, we'll start doing some specific interviews for some of the folks coming to our convention. But uh, call out just a couple of the folks that we're gonna be having on. We, uh, we'll have WorkCamp there as one of our uh, premier sponsors and they're doing a lot of good work and they're gonna have some really cool uh, announcements uh, for us when uh, we get there um, with their fantastic MyEye Pro and the Read. Uh, Vespero has been a long partner with us and uh, they really, really do a fantastic job for Windows users uh, to get them to be able to access their computers with uh, JAWS and uh, Fusion, along with all the other products that they have under their umbrella. Um, we'll have a, uh, 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 we just did the, our vet tech, our last vet tech session last week with digital uh, FOV and they're an adaptive scope for those that like to go hunting. So whether you're low vision or you're totally blind, they have some cool options so you can get back out uh, hunting if you so want to, and they'll be there. Um, uh, Waymo is a um, really cool company. They're, uh, they're a spinoff from Alphabet, uh, but they do a self-driving ride share service. So oh, cool. if you're in a couple of areas, uh, that has their service. You could call a, a self-driving vehicle to pick you up and take you to where you need to go. And that's a, that's a really cool platform. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, I saw and, one of those on, uh, on YouTube. <laughs> nah, it's really cool. I mean, it's, you never know that, that the car that shows up is a Jaguar. But it's it's not like the it's not like the uh, the uh, the Jaguar that we're thinking about classics or Jaguar special uh, autonomous vehicles, which are fantastic, fantastic vehicles. Fantastic, that's cool. Um, so I used to sell Jags back in the day. Ooh, yeah. Do you still have any? <laughs> no, I I never owned one myself. Oh, man, <laughs> I couldn't afford them. I was just a salesman. I couldn't afford that. <laughs> Uh, sometimes you come across the uh, person that's trying to sell off the used one or trying to. Oh, yeah, the... I came across plenty of those, but I couldn't afford them. <laughs> Man. You, you would think uh, they'd pay their salespeople more, but they don't. Nah. Nope. I nope. could barely afford to keep myself in suits, you know, because yeah. you had to look the part. Yep. Yep. And he had to talk to language, and it's like. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I, I can't afford. No, I, I hear you, man. It's. Um, yeah, yeah, I hear, I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but have you seen the new Apple? Um, what is it called now? It just came out this month. Oh, goodness. Um, it, it's a, talk, it, what? The Vision Pro? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So talk about amazing. And here, here's why, here's, this is why I do what I do is I love technology. 
Um, it's why I have a technology uh, webinar series. Um, yeah, so the Apple Vision Pro coming out in 2024. Uh, retail value is going to be around 3,400 when it's released. Uh, talk about a nice, awesome array of cameras, both facing your face as well as facing external with a huge number of limitless capabilities. Uh, awesome device that I, I can't wait for it to come out because, I mean, the, the potential that it has for us as blind individuals. I know a lot of people have been hung up on the eye tracking piece and those of us that don't have eyes or those of us that don't have usable eyes or can move our eyes. It's like, don't worry, Apple will figure out a solution for that um, where you don't have to worry about it. But talk about an awesome situation of, you're talking about spatial computing and I'm thinking of Steve Jobs yeah. back in the uh, late 2000, early 2010s, he did a keynote and he's using a spatial computer. Um, and this is like, you know, very, very early where he's wearing gloves and the goggles and everything. Right. And it right. kind of show what he's doing and how he's interacting in a 3D spatial computing environment. And that's his hard drive. And it's like, you know, that's we're finally there, finally at the level of being able to do spatial computing. And it's it's going to be really cute. And uh, we think about in terms of blindness and it's like, I, I think that's going to be cool. And there's going to be a lot of cool features we're going to be able to do because, you know, we're physically. Even though we fit, we, we, phys we visually cannot see that virtual physical space. It's like our what they're going to do to enable us to interact it, interact with it is going to be really phenomenal. I don't know personally what what that's going to be like. But just assumptions I can make on some of the stuff that I'm seeing coming out, it's like, that's going to be really cool. Low vision, having such high definition cameras and having really high definition screens that you're going to be able to use, you're going to be able to see so much more and have such a better usage of your residual vision. It's going to be really cool. Oh, yeah. It's going to be 100 times more pixels, they said, than a... Uh... 180 or 1080 yeah. uh, TV, you know? Yeah. It, yeah. It's going to be amazing. Just from the, the demos that I've seen, it, it is so futuristic. You just use your arms and wave them out in front of you, and, and you can move your mouse around on the screen. Yeah. And, oh, man, I can't wait. It's, I I can't either. I, I, I can't either. I mean, ah. Uh... Yeah, I, I'm just going to wait for more of the accessibility things to come on to prove some of my assumptions correct. But I guarantee that we are going to have, for those of us that uh, requires audio, audio uh, information to navigate, I guarantee we are going to have some really stellar um, audio signals that allows us to navigate those environments as well as we possibly can through spatial audio because right now spatial audio is really cool if you just use it on your phone and you're mm -hmm. using the um if you're using airpods right um, whether you're using the pros or not and you do the spatial audio where you're taking the camera and showing your ear and everything to get that perfect acoustic sound um i think just just from what we're getting with spatial audio right now i think what apple's going to do is going to absolutely blow us away i can't wait to start playing video games again because <laughs> I've been waiting for this type of environment to start 
getting really re-engaged with video games because you can do it right now. Don't get me wrong. There, you can play the Xbox or PlayStation, but uh-huh. um, I, I think what you're going to get from the Vision Pro is going to blow all that blow that away because of how Apple is going to design the interface, the spatial audio, and everything else that goes along with that. It's just going to make the Oculus Rift seem like the old school 1980s uh, virtual reality headsets in like two minutes. Right. I'm just worried about it's going to be too realistic. And uh, for all these vets that have PTSD, it's going to bring back a lot of uh, sad memories for them. So that's that's where you just have to watch the content because that's that was one of the pieces that they mentioned about the movies and being able to stream shows and how realistic and how much definition you're getting. So it's like you, you get you might not want to use this for certain situations. I I personally stay away from action and those types of right. Um, you don't want Call of Duty right. on there. No, no, no. You don't. You know, there, but there's so many other ways of being able well, to do Mario it. Kart would be fun. Oh, that'd be great. I'd, I'd love to have my daughters and throw, uh, and uh, I, I play it with them right now on the uh, on the Nintendo Wii, uh, but be able to throw throw shells at them. That's going to be fun. But Yeah. yeah but anyway. I'm looking forward to, to actually trying one in person. Mm-hmm. And I hope maybe they'll have one at the convention that everybody can try no, out. No, no. Apple is going to keep that one under lock and key until that thing gets released. You're not going to see that till, uh, um the Consumer Electronics Show. Oh, okay. Well, they said it was out in June, so. It, they announced it. They, they, they announced the Vision Pro uh, this month. but Oh, that was just an announcement. Okay. Yeah, it, it was an announcement. There was at WWDC, that's a Worldwide Developers Conference. They had some there, but no one was actually allowed to interact with them like they do with other products. So it's, it's still not, it's still under tight wraps. And, you know, keep in mind, um, Apple, when they release their products, they usually are not the first ones to the punch. What they do is they wait and see what others are doing before they release the product. That's why you got the Oculus Rift before the Vision Pro. Uh-huh. That's why you're going to have the Google Glass um, out before Apple releases this other tier of the Vision, which is going to be a lower tier, a little bit cheaper in 2025 or 2026 is what estimates are. Um, that's going to be coming most likely, but they're not trying to be the first ones to reveal. They want to be the ones that do it right the first time. And right, you know, right. I'll, I'll look at the Google Glass as a good example. Came out mid 2000 teens. Um, a lot of tech companies picked up on them. Uh, warehouses used them. On the blind side of things, we've had several devices like the um, Ira, Envision, uh, AI, and uh, CyberEyes all immediately grabbed onto the Google Glass. Um, and, you know, we're not talking about cheap devices. Um, we're talking about devices that cost a couple thousand dollars. Right, right. Um, the bad part is Google Glass announced at the start of this year, um, after not supporting it for the last four years, they're going to absolutely end the entire service line. So um, actually it, it occurred during the um, 
it occurred during CSUN, which is a uh, assistive technology show uh, for individuals with disabilities that's uh, done in California in uh, February timeframe. And you had Envision AI there presenting, talking about it. And then as they're talking, Google drops the announcements that they're no longer going to have people support the, the Google Glass. And it's like, well, that was our product. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It kind of um, sucks when they do that. It it does. It does. But And that's where it's like, you know, I, that's, I've been waiting for Apple to release theirs because Apple is not going to release a device that's a one and done. They're going to do something that they're going to keep. I mean, how long has the iPhone and the iPad been around? Apple oh, yeah. Watch is going on eight years of annual oh, yeah, updates. this is uh, the one I have is a seventh gen. Yeah. yeah. No, it's an eight gen. I'm sorry. It, it's when they come out, they come out with something. And they make sure that it's going to stick around. So. And they keep improving it. That's the that's the they, good thing about it. They do. So I they can't wait do. to see what maybe in 10 years what that um, th those goggles are going to look like. <sighs> Smaller. Smaller and they'll be uh they'll be uh, cerebral trip chips if I had to go and say they'll they'll be uh they'll be implanted in your brain at that point. So wow. It, That'll be so cool. <laughs> I mean, that research is already going. There's a research project up in Chicago right now um, with Lighthouse. And I forgot the uh, university that's looking at a cortical implant that's uh, looking for research participants. Um, key caveat is you need to be completely healthy and you need to have had vision uh, up into your adult life. So there are some caveats uh, with that one. Um but yeah, they're they're trying to do that implant. There's a group out of Australia that's having some really good success and showing some positive strides with their uh, cortical implant. Um, so it's it's stuff that's not science fiction anymore. It's at the phase of you know early uh, early implementation and um, improvement. So it's we're going to see some really cool gains, I think, over the next ten years as we understand more about how to do these types of um, brain implants. Well, I may not be able to benefit from it in my lifetime, but hopefully down the road, others will. Yeah, I, I agree with that, where it's like, as much as I love to sign on to any of it, it's like, it's not going to get to that usable phase, in my opinion, till the next generation. But I mean, just watching it now, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's... That's this the cool is, part. This is that Buck Rogers stuff, you know? Yeah. When I was a kid, um, listening to all those futuristic things, now most of everything there has come to fruition. Yeah. Like yeah. cell phones. Nobody even thought we'd have cell phones. Nope. Nope. I mean, teleporters might be a uh, one of those science fiction things that maybe that never might be a stretch. Fruition, yeah. But. <laughs> Same thing with faster than light, but hey, all the other things of daily life type stuff, it's it's happening. And uh, yeah, tech, just technology, watching it change, it's 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 phenomenal. And uh, as I said, it's who knows? The future is limitless with it. And um, uh, AI, I, I've talked about this on my uh, Vet Tech talk. 
on Thursdays a lot lately, is the role that AI is playing in our lives and how can we harness it? Whether it's one of the uh, one of the language models like Chat GPT or Google Bard, or whether it's recognition, seeing AI or camp, those are both AIs. Uh-huh. Uh, there's AIs that we're using without knowing it. Um, related to, you know, anytime you do any financial transaction, I guarantee there's some AI, you apply for insurance, there's AI involved. Um, we're just seeing AI just come all over. And it's not, it's not a scary subject to talk about. It's more scary on just seeing how people might use it. But overall, in general, I mean, it's, it's going to transform the world. It already has. And it's one that us as blind people, it's like, you know, how can we harness it to the best right. of our abilities? What can we harness uh, within the AI spectrum? So it's, it's, a, it's. Well, and it's like, like anything else. It can be used for good or it can be used for bad. Yeah. So I yes. just hope people use it for the good. Yeah. That's, that's all. I, that's, that's all. That's all we can do. And uh, we don't need a Skynet to give you a Terminator <laughs> reference, you know? Skynet, uh, at least <laughs> at least how it ended up. Uh, I'll, I'll take the early phases of the Skynet. Same thing with like the Matrix. I'll, I'll take the early form there you of the go. Matrix. Yeah. It, it's just that when you got that crossover, um, yeah, that, that that that's a point that we don't want. We we can stick with uh, with the computer from the Enterprise. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. We we can we we can stick with that level of stuff. That's perfectly fine. So. Um, but nah, no, 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 it's, it's good. And, uh, uh, but yeah. Or 2001, a space odyssey. Ah, nothing wrong with Hal. <laughs> Hal's a good guy. He's just misunderstood. That's true. Yeah. He just had a rough childhood. <laughs> he did. Oh <laughs> man. So, all right, let's switch gears. Let's yeah. talk about adaptive sports. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. An- another way, another area where, yeah, we get some cool technology involved. But uh, anyways, yeah. Uh, do, you, do you have any sports that you enjoy or that you wish you can go back to enjoying? Yeah, I wish I could go back to fishing, golfing, and hunting. Okay. Well, let me tell you. Well, I, I, I did I did you know, bring up one solution for you, digital FOV. That'll get you back out hunting. Because what they do is they have a uh, – they have a um, – a camera that mounts onto a scope that then gives you a better field of view of that scope. Or for folks uh, that can't see at all, you just go ahead and get yourself a, a spotter that's looking at the screen and that mm-hmm. screen can be seen up to, uh, it, it can, the screen is remote uh, up to about 12 feet away or so. Um, but no, that brings back hunting. I've, I've shot many of turkeys um, since I've gone blind. Uh, with using uh, these types of systems. So we get to back out hunting, no problem. Cool. Um, fishing, there's nothing stopping you with fishing. It's just mainly getting out to the fishing hole. That's the hard well, part. And tying the knots, that's that's the problem I would have. Um, there's some um, there's some good solutions that, I, that I've seen with using uh, needle threaders and uh, or just tying basic knots. That's that's always what I've done right. with fishing. I've just stuck it, you know, square knots, keep it simple because I'm not trying to bring in anything big. It's usually just bass and crappie and catfish. Yeah. Um, but 
with where you're at, do you got a, um, you know, project healing waters at all? Um, not that I'm aware of. There check, may be. Check, check it out because they do fly fishing and they do excursions where they help you get set up with learning how to use a fly rod and, you know, tying flies and getting things all set up. And even if you're like me and you can't feel your fingers or anything uh-huh. that, um, and you got limited dexterity with your fingers that they, they have some pretty good, uh, options and solutions to help you on out. Um, well, I've never been fly fishing. That might be something I'd like to try. Yeah. Yeah. You'll, you'll have to check them out. Uh, Camp Hope is a, uh, is an organization on the Eastern side of, uh, Missouri and on the Western side of, uh, Missouri, we have um, we have Camo Adventures, which is how I get vets out fishing here in Missouri. Um, with some good opportunities, so cool. Um, it's all it's all possible. Um, and uh, as far as um, golf goes, let me tell you, your shot never looked better since going blind. <laughs> <laughs> The only thing I'll say is make sure before you show up to the golf course, uh, stop over by Costco or uh, Sam's Club and grab the uh, big, huge box of a thousand balls and <laughs> <laughs> just hit the ball and say, yeah, what about this far? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> just leave it and move on and get another ball. Uh, that's that's, all. that's too funny. Uh, no. So, okay. Tell us about cycling. Cause I know you're big into cycling. Yeah. So, Cycling uh, for the blind, it's done primarily with a tandem, though we do have a couple of really awesome folks that ride single bikes. Uh, either they have low vision or in the case of individuals like um, Sean Cheshire, uh, she is totally blind and she rides with a um, with a guy that's in front of her using audio cues. So, uh but generally, most of us, we ride tandem, so two people on a bike, uh, many options of doing it. Uh, if you got some uh, mobility or balance issues, there's trikes, there's quads, there's side-by-side tandems. So, I mean, you you name it, there's a way of getting butts on bikes, which is <laughs> personally one thing I love to do. It's, that should um, be the name of a podcast. Butts on bikes, butts yeah. Butts on bikes. Now you gave me an idea. <laughs> yeah, there, there's the name. There's the name of the podcast. So I'll, I'll, I've been trying to figure out a, a good podcast for cycling. But, um, anyways, there, there's a lot of fun things you can do, and it's like, yeah, you know, why do I pick cycling over some of the other things like running or uh, walking or some of the other higher high adventure type stuff? Is, well, I don't have to worry about wrecking my body on a bike unless you crash. Right. Um, you're not worried about knee injuries or backs. I, my back's already messed up enough. Um, my knees like it when I don't go and run marathons anymore. Um, <laughs> but it's it's good. It's good fitness. It's a good workout. It can be done just about anywhere. I mean, you go if you're traveling hotels. There's bikes there. Uh, personally, my office is in my basement, so I have a. Uh, I have a uh, trainer setup that's a uh, road bike that's on a Wahoo kicker setup that I got from Challenge Athletes Foundation. And, um, yep, it's a fantastic, fantastic setup that allows me to hop on a bike and pretend like I'm riding on the real roads um, with the uh, apps that I use uh, for training. Um, but 
when I'm not uh, riding in the virtual or in my basement, I'm actually out on one of my tandems. My preference is road cycling or uh, or um, actually my preference is off-road gravel riding. Uh, perks of being out here in Kansas and uh, the Midwest is we got a lot of gravel roads and uh, there's no cars on gravel roads. So you're not worried about trying to be hit by uh, by townies. Yeah. And it's uh just a wonderful experience of being able to get out in nature uh here in kansas i ride out in the flint hills and other areas where it's just these sweeping beautiful majestic landscapes hall grass prairies um i will say for all my folks that uh are cyclists that live out in the in the coastal areas that always say about these epic climbs that you do and and i talked to them about bringing them down here to kansas they're like oh that's all flat no problem and uh, what they don't realize about being out here in Kansas is, yeah, we're flat if you count about 1,100 foot climbs as flat. So we do more climbing out on these roads than I've ever done when I lived on San Francisco and riding up in the mountains. So um, it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful chance of getting out into nature. And the most... The part I love the most about cycling, well, just about being blind in general when it comes down to sports is you're no longer doing a sport as an eye. You, everything that you're doing as a blind person in uh, adaptive sport recreation is as a team, which makes it fun because it, you're bringing others on board. You're no, you're no longer just being the lone wolf. Right. It's all about community, which is why it's like you know you meet really cool people on bikes you meet really cool people anytime you bring people together so you know uh like we're talking about with you with uh golf and hunting and fishing where it's like you might you might you, you can do some of that on your own don't get me wrong but it's you know you get with an organization you get with your community to do go out for a hunt and that's fun i yeah. mean then then getting the deer or getting the the turkey it's like yeah that was cool but I really enjoyed being around others. Exactly. The camaraderie, the friendships, and the, just the, the good times, you know, it's, it's, yeah. you can't beat it. No, you can't, you can't. Cause ultimately that's the best part of rehab. It's learning, not just how to ask for assistance, but acknowledging that, being with others, building a community around what you're doing, not only makes it possible for you to do it, but it makes it more enjoyable for you to do it. It brings the fun back to it. So, right. Uh, well, yeah. listen, Tim, we've been at it for um, about an hour now. Can you imagine that? <laughs> I keep going if you want me to. <laughs> oh, I, I would love to keep going, but I don't think my listeners would stand for more than an hour. I think nah. this is going to be one of our longest programs ever. I've been having a great time, though. <laughs> I have too, Ray. Have we can, too, we can yeah. always do a part three and a part four. I, <laughs> I'm down for that. Well, and I'll say if anyone has any, uh, you know, particular topics, you know, it's like. Yeah, I'm always begging my uh, listeners uh, if they have questions that they want us to answer or um, if they have topics they'd want to hear us discuss um, or if they want to discuss something. You know, just email me here at theblindspot298 at gmail.com. And uh, we would love to have uh, your questions. Whatever you want to say to us, we'll do it. And uh, we'll try to make it come true. Yeah. Um, hey, what, Tim, you'd be available for that, right? 
Yeah, I'll, I'll be on. But what what social media are you on for the blind spot? Uh, we are on uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and um, what else am I on? I think that's about it right now. Awesome. So um, they can reach me there. It's the blind spot by Ray Morales on any of those. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, Ray. And uh, anyone that wants to continue having the uh, top the discussions about technology, uh, you know, join join me on the BVA's VetTech. It's uh, every Wednesday and Thursday. And uh, all you need to do is go to BVA.org and you'll see our announcements for those. They're open to everyone. You don't have to be a veteran. You don't have to be blind uh, to join us on those conversations. So that, there's my little plug for that because I'll talk about technology all day. So. Yeah, I was going to let you have a chance to plug it, but you beat me to the punch. <laughs> no problem, man. Is there anything else you want to plug? Nope, nope, nope. That, that's the main thing. Uh, maybe some plugs in my hair so I could you know, have hair. <laughs> I'll take some hair plugs. Oh, you're too much, man. Nah. All right, Tim. Nah. I appreciate you. No problem, man. All right. I will talk to you soon, buddy. Cheers. All right. You take care. All right, folks. This has been Ray Morales for The Blind Spot. Please come back and see us next week. Bye now. Well, thanks again for listening to The Blind Spot by Ray Morales. And hope to see you next week. We'll have another interesting guest. And remember, you can always reach us at theblindspot298 at gmail.com. That's theblindspot298 at gmail.com. Or you can find us on any of your uh, favorite podcast sites like Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. So be, be sure to tune in next week. Same time, same place.